census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Episode 265 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. Or if you uh, happen to see earlier uh, this week uh, on Indie Creator Spotlight, uh, I spelled my name incorrectly and I was Patsy. It was like dyslexic pastry. Because <laughs> Leo said it and I didn't even realize it. He goes, Oh, Patsy. And I'm like, Oh, that's a new one. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I apparently, Leo, you having a stroke? <laughs> I apparently spelled my name wrong. I thought it was because I was hungry and wanted pastry. Maybe that's what it was. It was a subconscious <laughs> desire for bear claws. But uh, we are, of course, brought to you by uh, Deadly Grounds Coffee, as we are part of the Dorkening Network. And uh, I am not here by myself, as you can tell. Uh, I am here with my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is <gasps> the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Queen Regent of Rosé, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes von Nightmare. And a fog master. You are fog master. Master of fog. Yes. Fog wrangler. Fog wrangler. Yes. Fog wrangler. That, that's got, a hell of a We got a lot of different like I was snippy boy on one of the on one of the shoots. We've been working on a, a a movie. Like we've been doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, so like we get various things like Ashes was doing uh I ran a literally fog, fog, machine. fog wrangling and yeah. like waving cardboard and like making it all look spooky and swirly. Uh, I got some scissors, and so that's why I became Snippy Boy. <laughs> I, I, I got I, some scissors at one point. I uh, carried a watermelon. Yeah, we did a we did a lot of stuff like random things like, you know, I swept out a small barn, and like pulled an elderly gentleman on like a little dolly. To make it look like he was going backwards, like it was a lot of fun. Carried a shitload of sandbags. Oh my god, so many! And the worst Up and one downstairs. Well, the worst one was the the one of the last shoots we did where we carried all the sandbags up four flights of stairs, uh, only to not ever use the sandbags. So that was awesome. But you know, it's it's the the whole you know better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. But uh, principal photography just finished, so we're very excited to see how this turns out because we do have a couple of minutes in front of the camera as well. So we're uh, we're pretty pumped about that. But yeah, uh, we're we're super excited. Dream Apex Productions. Yes, but uh, that's not what we're talking about today. Today, no. But before, just kind of sidestep here with me. Before we do talk about what we are talking about today, I kind of want to take a moment, you know, because we haven't been here for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, we kind of needed a little break, a little. Uh, a little I know mental we just took a break a few break, weeks ago. You know, um, but we needed another one. So I just kind of want to check in with everyone. How are you? How are you doing? You know. Life has been pretty crazy for 
all of us, you know. I don't know about you, but I've never lived through a pandemic before. This uh, is my first pandemic. I would say this is my, this is my first time. Uh, pandemic virgin. Um you know, so I, I'm not I'm not necessarily excited to have my pandemic cherry popped, but you know, here we are. And you know, life has been interesting. Uh you know, for for myself personally, someone who is a busybody, someone who is constantly coming and going and doing all of these things, I am very much a, a people person. I'm kind of like a, I, I consider myself a, an ambivert. I am a very extroverted introvert. Like I love when having my specific alone people, time. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, but even then, you know, I loved going to conventions and meeting people and being on, you know, and giving mm. my whole spiel like this is my podcast this is why you should listen to me i am adorable you know um i have a face for radio but you know and and everything just kind of came to a grinding halt you know there wasn't really a slowdown period it just kind of stopped all of a sudden and you know i know some people lost their jobs some people have been working like it, it you know it's either one uh extreme or the other Either people have lost their jobs and, you know, their work is just really starting back up for them or, you know, they're having a difficult time finding work, you know, within their career and stuff now because some places had to close their doors and, you know, or you've been uh, an essential worker, much like myself, and you've been working your ass off for you know the past year and a half just Very constantly working you know and and adding more and more hours to you know to to your day and you know it got to the point for me where i had completely lost control of my work and home balance you know work life and home life there was just no balance to that anymore it was all work and as we know all work and no wine makes ashes a dull girl so um just kind of had to take a break and, and trying to trying to recalibrate everything and you know uh figure out where i stand mentally and yeah. you know uh a lot of us are going through many different things and there's a lot of emotions flying around and you know some of it's politically driven some of it's uh you know opinion based and you know i don't want to get into any of that but you know, there are a lot of people out there having a hard time right now. And, you know, it's not a contest. It's not, you know, well, I'm going through this and you're only going through this. Like, we're really all going through the same thing. You know, it's affecting us differently. Right. But at the end of the day, we're all going through this. And don't get me wrong. I've experienced some fantastic moments over the past year. You know, some, you know, I, I, I definitely made a few wins over the past year, mm -hmm. but I just, I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't negate all of the negative stuff that has happened. Yeah, and sometimes you just need to take a step back and just do something for yourself. You know, drink a bottle of wine, take a nap, uh, take a bath. You know, read a book, um, go to bed early, eat 
almost an entire family size bag of smart food yourself. Guilty. Uh, you know, yeah. do something for you that makes you, ha- you know, if, if you're the type of person who, you know, learning something new makes you happy, then set time aside and, and do that. You know, if it's, you know, just watching a movie or you know, just, just find something that you can do for yourself, not for anybody else. Not for your family, not for your spouse, not for any of your coworkers, not for your friends, you know, just just for you. Take the time to do something that you want to do, something that makes you happy. And I think that's really important. And sometimes we can kind of let that get away from us. Like self-care is not selfish. Right. I mean, I've, I've been dealing with, you know, right before this whole thing started, I started a new job. Yes. And the day before I was supposed to start, it's like, hey, we're all working remote. So there was a coworker that I never met except through Zoom. Um, I spent three days in the office. So I've been sitting pretty much in the Pat Cave every day since last March. And then, you know, in April, a week after my birthday, I lost my job. So now... Not only do I, you know, not have that distraction, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I'm here, but like I can go in the other room or, or we have to have a conference call. So I have to set up in a different spot, you know, uh, but it's staring at the same room every single day with no human contact. Like there's no one here. Like I don't talk to anybody. I don't like you compared me to like a golden retriever or like a puppy, like she would come home and the first thing I'd do is I'd, I'd hear her keys in the door and I'd go running to the door to greet her and like all this, you know, uh, this pent up, like I need to tell you about what happened and here's the thing I saw. And it's like, that's not what you wanted the second you walked through the door. Well, you know, again, kind of going back to the two different extremes, you know, you had really no contact with anybody throughout the day. It was just you stuck mm-hmm. here, you know, home alone with your thoughts. You know, I mean, you reached out to people online and stuff, but that's not the same as having an actual conversation with somebody. Right. Whereas I'm at work dealing with people who most of them I don't really like that much. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they drive you nuts. So it's like, you know, I'm at work having to, you know, have conversations and deal with people who I don't want to deal with. You know, so when I come home, I need my time. I need my, my, you know, me time to decompress and have a few minutes, you know. And, you know, whereas whereas Patsy is like, oh, my God, I cannot, you know, where I'm like, I can't wait to go home because I just need to, like, lay on the couch for 15 minutes in the dark and just, you know, kind of gather all my thoughts and, like, you know, not scream the day away uh and 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 patsy's like i can't wait for her to come home because oh my god there's gonna be a person in here and i like her and i want to tell her everything that happened today you know whether it was eventful or not it's just it's somebody to to, to here are the things that occurred during the day today oh and then so and so posted this on facebook and then i found this meme you know like but but like it was it's it's a lot it's a lot everyone's going through something and you know we know several people who have had some health scares and have had to step back from their day-to-day stuff to kind of tend to those and you know not not you know and and we're not even talking about the stress of it all i stressed myself into some kind of fever last week like i was running a fever of 102 
for five days in a row. Right, and it wasn't COVID. You know, no, I tested and negative that, twice during that time. It's the stress of, you know, am I doing everything that I can do to, you know, prevent myself from getting this disease, from, you know, preventing the spread of infection, you know, um, trying I'm to... I'm worried that some dipshit that doesn't want to wear a mask or get vaccinated is going to infect me, despite the fact that I'm doing everything that I need to do. You know, and not only that, like, we have people in our lives who are at higher risk and even being vaccinated they're at higher you know a, a higher risk of not only contracting covid but you know having some pretty terrible symptoms associated with with covid uh if they were to make it at all so you know it's just it's this constant like state of just on constantly being on constantly being aware of your surroundings like i feel like even at home you know i i can't you know i'm still washing my hands constantly i'm still you know wiping down surfaces and yep. you know there's never a moment you know for the past year and a half where we really haven't had to like not think about yeah you have to be about, conscious about, about what's going on you about, have to change the way you live your life Right. And not saying that this is necessarily a bad thing because, you know, our, our flu season was not as vicious as it as it has been in the past. But, you know, and I think that some of these are good practices that people should, you know, uh, do more in their daily lives anyways. But, yeah. you know, wash your goddamn hands. But anyways, um, you know, it's just it's just I, I, we get it. We, we understand. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I just wanted to take a few moments to just kind of reach out and say, you know, if you are having a rough day, if you're not in a good headspace, if, you know, uh, you just kind of feel like life is weighing on you, if you can't seem to, to feel like you have a hold on anything, um, if you want to talk to someone, like, Please do not hesitate to reach out at all. You know, we are always here. Uh, you can reach out on, on Facebook, on a pretty much any of the social medias that we're on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, reach out. If you have, you know, our personal number and want to text us, you can absolutely do that. Um, fuck it. If you have my personal number and you want to talk and call me, that's perfectly fine, too, even though I'm not always keen on talking on the phone yeah i mean who is nowadays <laughs> you though? know but um just reach out because uh, you know at the end of the day we're all really in this together and you know you are not alone and i know that kind of sounds like a broken record we've been hearing a lot of that lately but trust me like i care about you so much so yeah. much like we love you guys so much and i just you know wanted to take this moment to remind you that you are loved and you need to take care of yourself. So drink a bottle of water, go to bed early tonight, and take care of yourself. So with that being said, come with us now on a journey through time and space to, to the, the world, world of, of the, the mighty, mighty boosh. The mighty boosh. So some of you might remember that we covered... Uh, Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett's characters, uh, Vince and Howard, uh, a long time ago. 
But now we want to talk because we just rewatched the entire series. Because I mean, all speaking of self care and doing something that makes you happy, this is a television series that makes me really happy. Yes, and I want to say it's it's kind of like Game of Thrones. Uh, the Mighty Boosh has become something that we rewatch yearly. Yeah, annual the annual rewatch of the Mighty Boosh. Yeah, there's only and three seasons. There's only like thirty episodes. Yeah, it's it's an easy watch, and like the, it's not like these episodes are terribly long either. The twenty minutes, uh, twenty two minutes. It's just it's one of those shows that it's just absolutely bonkers, and it doesn't make sense, but it makes so much sense. And these characters are fantastic. And, and each so season well takes done. place in a different location. The first is the Zooniverse. The second is the 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 apartment and then the third is the Naboutique but we'll you know we'll get we'll into get all into that. that so yeah so today we are talking about some of the side characters of the Mighty Boosh yeah and you know we decided that a good uh one of the better episodes is uh with uh the doppelgangers it's a crimp off we had uh you know there's Vince Noir and Howard Moon but they got their, you know, personalities kind of co-opted by Lance Dior and Harold Boone. And, you know, the actors that played them were phenomenal. Uh, but we started thinking, like, who would your doppelganger be? And I have been told multiple times by multiple people, not related uh, to anything, although your sister said it probably first, but I've been told by random people at grocery stores and, you know, other other places that my doppelganger would be Duff Goldman from the Ace of Cakes show. And I totally see it. Absolutely. So fun fact, I actually have a huge crush on Duff Goldman. And this was way before, like, it, it's it's BP before Patsy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, He's just adorable. And he bakes cakes. I do like cake. So I think that worked out well for me. Um, but I've also been told, probably to a much lesser extent, uh, David Draymond from... See, I don't see it. I don't really see that either, but I have been told that a few times. I mean, are you, are you down with the sickness? Uh, no, I am like vaccinated and I wear my mask because <laughs> I don't want to be down with the sickness. Oh, wah ah 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 um, what about you? I, I know a couple of yours. So, I mean, uh, I haven't really been told that I look like somebody. Um, I've been told that I resemble people. Like, obviously, I get Lady Gaga a lot because, hello, she's hella fabulous and I'm hella fabulous. Uh, our personal styles are kind of constantly changing but similar. You know, I love the fact that recently she's been pairing, like, vintage couture with her pleaser shoes and i'm like oh my god I, I i don't have the vintage couture but i have pleaser shoes so i'm like almost lady gaga at this point yeah i have pieces of her makeup line um i, I think it's more or less you know it's the way that she expresses herself and she wears some weird stuff and she does makeup and she has like the hair and everything um you know definitely doesn't kind of but at the same time you know she can slip into a suit and still not look ordinary. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what it is. Like, I mean, I uh, personally, I don't think I look very ordinary. Um, no. She also has a big nose, and I have a big nose, so that's probably 
I don't think you have true. a big nose. I have a huge oh schnoz. It's just like out there. It's just like a beak, just right there. Um, I don't really know if I have like if if there's anybody else. Well, there's the one that my mom said, Nia Vardalos. Oh yeah, for my big fat Greek wedding. Salad. Yeah. Big fat Greek big salad. Big fat Greek salad. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe not really. I don't, I don't really see that. Uh, certain, certain times. Yeah. I mean, like, I think you and your, your, uh, your cousin look a little bit alike. Yeah, that, that is true. Yes. I do have a cousin who looks more like she should be my sister than my actual sister does. Mm. But I mean, but that's genetics. Like she's not really a doppelganger. No, but I'm just saying like, like we resemble each other slightly. I mean, cause I can't think of anybody else that you would be uh, a doppelganger of. I mean, other than perhaps like Jim. Isn't that a whole thing on how I met your mother? Like they were trying to find the doppelgangers of each of like they have this, this whole theory that like everybody Which has a doppelganger out also there. Also reminds me Jason Siegel. More in personality than Yeah, I so was you don't you don't look like Jason Siegel. Like there are pers pe persons while there are persons, there are people there are who you know, your personality reminds me of. Um, you know, Homer Simpson, but you're definitely not a doppelganger for Homer Simpson. No, I mean, you're I don't you're wear not jaundiced at all. I don't wear blue pants. <laughs> But you have blue, oh, you have blue shorts on. I have blue shorts on, right. but not blue no. pants. But yeah, you're also not completely jaundiced over, so. No. Yeah, you know, there's that. I mean, you are rocking a similar hairstyle. Yeah, but he has the But the that's kind of where over. it begins and ends. I don't have yeah. the comb over, and I don't have an M over my ear, but. Uh, Kitties have M's. Kitties have M's on their foreheads, though. Little tiger cats. If you've ever seen a tiger cat, uh, the pattern, for some reason, always creates an M in the middle of their forehead. Yeah. I, I'd say any... Which either. has absolutely nothing to do with doppelgangers, but, you know, cats. Yeah, cats, you know, cats have doppelgangers. Well, Cattle, cappelgangers. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't Anyways, know. Anyways, so we want to hear from you. Um, who are some of your doppelgangers, or who do you think... Uh, could be your doppelganger. Let us doppel, doppel, doppelganger. Wow, that's a word, huh? Not to be um, confused with the Apple Dumpling Gang. What the hell is that? I don't know. It's a movie with Don Knotts that my brother likes. I don't know. Okay, so anyways, hit us up on the social medias. Let us know who you think your doppelganger is. And when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about all of the fantastic characters from the Mighty Boosh. All right. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, <coughs> it's scary. Greetings, weary adventurer. Do ye have a taste for the exotic? Do regular snacks no longer provide the thrill ye seek? 
Would ye rather eat a cod piece than another boring candy bar? Then it's time for ye to sink your teeth into Mythical Meats Exotic Game Sticks. Mythical Meats offers a wide variety of exotic flavors based on creatures of legend to give ye a snack experience of epic proportions. Like it hot? Try the Spicy Creatures Sample Pack. Featuring dragon, chupacabra, and werewolf. More in the mood for something a bit milder? Try the Creatures of the Sky sample pack with Pegasus, Griffin, and Phoenix. Can't decide on which one you want? Why not try the Exotic Flavor sample pack? Featuring all ten flavors so you can find your favorite. Go to mythicalmeats.com to see the full selection of flavors and place your order. All orders over $49 get free two-day shipping. Mythical Meats Exotic Game Snack Sticks. So good, they're legendary. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. The Arctic is no respecter of fashion, loose. You know? Never take the tundra lightly. It can drive a man insane. You know what it is about this place? and get to a man? Not really. Have a look through here. What do you see? Nothing. Exactly. It's the nothingness. The whiteness. The endlessness. Stretching on beyond the human imagination. Desolation of the soul. song format yeah well maybe you'll take this place a little bit more seriously now and we are back that of course being a clip from uh the mighty bouge you know because you have to have they do so many different songs you know you like it so many of these episodes are part musicals i mean and that's like one of the big things is you know especially in the second season they're musicians what's your favorite mighty bouge song uh probably the tundra song the Tundra song, even though it's quick, uh, but also the, oh the Yeti song. Oh my God! The Tundra I song and the Yeti and the Yeti I song. Nowhere to go. Caught in the blinding whiteness of the Tundra. All right, Check you proved your point in song format. <laughs> uh, so, one of the best things about this show is that it's really only a handful of actors, and most of the time. All of the additional voices or the additional characters will be played by, you know, uh, Noel Fielding, Julian Barrett, and Rich Fulcher. 
You know, and I feel like not enough credit is given to this series uh, regarding not only their sets, but their costumes and makeups. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the editing, because there are several episodes where, you know, your your two main actors, uh, let's just say Noel Fielding, for instance, will be playing a char- a different character opposite of the character that he typically plays. Playing, He'll be playing uh, somebody other than Vince. Right. And like the editing is done so well. That in the later seasons, in the earlier seasons, it's there's always like some excuse for them to be split up so that the other one can, uh, you know, like, um, you know, old Greg is played by uh, Noel Fielding, and like they have the excuse, well, Vince caught all these fish, so he's just gonna go in the emergency dinghy back to shore and leave Howard by himself, so now Noel Fielding can come play another character without. You know, like compromising what's going on. They don't have to like shoot it from behind with a stand-in or anything like that. I mean, they do do that, and there are scenes, like especially in the third season. <laughs> do do. Yes, <laughs> they they uh, they have you know two characters played by the same actor on the screen at the same time. It's not very often, but you can definitely tell that the but they budget, but they do do that. They do do that. <laughs> The uh, the budget increases as they go along. So we have a, a, a few of the characters that we like. Um, and some of them are recurring characters. Some, some of them, them are, are one-off. Really only one-off, yeah. Um, I mean, they might appear in a couple of episodes, but they're not, like, main focus. Um, so... What, what do you got? What do you got to start so off? So I think that we really need to start off with a character who is pretty well featured in all three seasons of the show. It's Naboo. The Enigma. The Enigma. Or his full name, Naboo Randolph Roppity Boppity The Enigma. Yes. Played by Michael Fielding, who is Noel Fielding's younger brother. Who's much shorter um, than he is. And... We actually had the opportunity a few years ago, along with Agent Nicole, to see Noel Fielding live in Boston. And with Rich Fulcher. With Rich Fulcher and Michael Fielding was there, too. And they did this whole skit where Michael Fielding was dressed as a woman and Noel was making um, inappropriate mm-hmm. uh, advances towards her. And one of the things I love about Noel Fielding's uh, stand-up, his, his brand of comedy, which obviously you know lends itself well to what the Mighty Boosh is, is it's really zany and just wacky and out there. I mean, um, there was that part where like some people came came in late and he's like oh you missed it i pulled a lever and like you know uh everything you know the, the floor turned to bread and we slid around in our socks it wasn't funny but it was a lot of fun yeah <laughs> you know it was like randomly to somebody that and, came in uh i read in an interview once that you know noel fielding was asked about you know just about his comedy and where everything comes from just assuming that you know he was on drugs when he wrote this stuff or you know heavily involved with alcohol or or what have you and he was almost offended by it and he said you know i don't understand obviously i'm paraphrasing here but he said something along the lines of i don't understand why when 
something is so out of the box that people just automatically su- assume like, oh, he must be on something. He must be it doing must be something. Some sort of chemical he must influence. be, you know, um, y- y- yeah, altering his his brain in some sort of way to come up with all of these crazy ideas. Like maybe I'm just that crazy. <laughs> you know? Maybe I just. Yeah. And his whole thing was he just never really grew up. Yeah, you know, he, he he never uh, really lost that kind of like childlike sense of wonder. And there is this recurring thing in the first couple of seasons where everybody thinks that Vince is a girl because he he is very androgynous on the show. Oh, I love it. And you know, he but dresses. Maybe, but that's how he is in like right. real life. And too. he dresses like in like crazy outfits. Very flamboyant. And everyone's and always like, "Oh, you and your lady friend can have a good time." And it's like. But going back to the whole Boston thing, uh, so Noel Fielding was making advances at his brother dressed in drag, and he broke character and just said, "Like, mom would be really proud if she saw us right now." Yes. And it was just so. I mean, because it, it was very deadpan. Uh, but it was so funny, and like Michael Fielding broke character, like we were all just you dying. and Nicole got death stares. Well, because he was trying to set something up, and he was trying to be really serious for a moment. And there's just something about Noel Fielding, like he's one of my favorite people, like alive. And uh, there's just something about him that just brings me so much joy. Like his existence, you know, uh, just just makes me so incredibly happy. And uh, Nicole feels the same way. And he was just trying to explain something, but his mannerisms are just so joyful sometimes that I can't help but giggle. So Nicole and I are laughing hysterically at him trying to set up this serious part of the story, you know, so he could tell a joke. And he just kind of looked at us, and we were up in the balcony. Which made you guys laugh even harder. Which made laugh even more. He just kind of like looked at us, and we are like, oh my god, he looked at us. <laughs> it was ridiculous. You were both ridiculous. I was... I was mortified. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Were you really though? No. <laughs> but but yeah. So who's you? You have Naboo so as Naboo the first the first character played by Michael Fielding. Uh, and another fun fact: so the Mighty Boosh is after, uh, uh, named after Michael Fielding. Yes. Because that apparently at one point he had this very uh, vivacious afro. And or like his his hair would just kind of be his hair was insane. Yeah. uh, And that's what they called it. They called it the mighty boosh. You've got a mighty boosh. Yes. And then that's where this whole thing just kind of stemmed from. Uh, So Naboo, we find out, is uh, he's a shaman, amongst other things. And he's 406 years old. Yes. And he was... uh, Let's see. He's a freelance shaman from the alien planet Zuberon and has the ability and knowledge of many spells and is also a recreational drug user and a drug dealer. He is a member of the board of shaman and like many members, he is a heavy drinker and rides on a magic carpet. In 1978, Naboo was mistakenly sent to Earth by the king of Zuberon to protect the amulet of the planet's fountain of youth. He became a drug dealer for Rudy and Spider, who we will talk about later, Mm -hmm. Spider Dijon, uh, at one point in the 1970s and eventually went on to work as a kiosk vendor at the Zooniverse. And that's where we meet him. He is working at the Zooniverse. He has an inflatable crystal ball for the shaman on the go. Yes. Uh, and, And, you know, he just kind of appears 
and does his thing. He's more prominent in the second and third season. Well, the second uh, season, second season is uh, in his apartment. Right. And, and then the, the third, third season, season is, is in a boutique. Yes. And uh, he has uh, both Vince and Howard working for him while he goes off and does his thing. You know, he is often um, put out by some of the antics of Vince and Howard. Yeah, because they're generally getting him in trouble. Like, that's most of what season two to is. To which he says, I can't believe this, when he has to, you know, get them out of a certain situation. And Balo always something. says, I've got a bad feeling about this. And sometimes he just has to turn his back on them. And let that be a lesson to him. So speaking of Balo, Balo is important because Balo is Naboo's familiar. Yes. Balo is a gorilla, and we meet him a little bit in the first season, but we he's more of a he's more of a character in the second season. Yeah, when he because he's not really like they. I don't think they made him. If I'm remembering correctly, they don't really make him the familiar in the first season. It's the second season that he really becomes like attached to the hip with Naboo. And he also has a really strong relationship with Vince and has Vince really can talk to animals. impartial about uh, Howard. Yeah, he's just, he's completely like, you know, indifferent to Howard, like 100%. He's just like, oh, you're here. Like, you know, when they're going to leave, uh, they're going to leave for America to be rich and famous and he hugs Vince and, uh, you know, tells him he's going to miss him, that he loves him. Then he's like, uh, see you later there, uh, Harold. And he's like, it's Howard. <laughs> it's like he's known him forever. But, uh, yeah, Balo is Balo is great. Like, there are a couple of episodes that specifically center around him in the first season uh, because it takes place at the zoo. Uh, although he is referred to, and we'll... We'll get to Bob Fossil, who is the worst zookeeper ever, refers to him as the squashed-in little French man with the hand feet. Well, I mean, that's a really good segue into Bob Fossil. Yes, because Bob Fossil might be my favorite character. Rich Fulcher is really the only American on the show, if I'm remembering correctly. I think you are correct. And you would know Rich Fulcher, if you hadn't seen him in this, you'd know him. He was... uh, King Flippy Nips on uh, Rick and Morty, the episode where uh, they're trying to figure out if Pluto is a planet. Um, well, what do you, what have you got for your uh, for your notes there? So, in the first season, he is the zookeeper for the Zooniverse, and like you said, he's terrible. He runs the zoo. He runs the zoo. Um, he works for Dixon Bainbridge, who we will mention momentarily, mm-hmm. and he's weird. So not only does he not know the proper names of the animals, but he's very, um, he likes to touch his body a Especially lot. around he Howard. He likes to dance. I'm your boss man, but I'm not your wife. But we have made violent love. That's how we started a conversation with, ha- with Howard at one point. Uh, yeah, he doesn't know, let's see, he refers to the elephant as the gray leg face man. The, uh, the the windy man, the long mover. Yes. that's the python, or as they say in the show, python. Uh, there's the uh, the black and white Chinese people who eat sticks. Those are the pandas. Um, 
the hairy Russian carpet boy. That's a bear. <laughs> well, he also makes uh, so in order to try to, he's constantly trying to Pocket impress cup. his boss. <clears throat> And in the first episode, like the very first episode, he gets Howard to box with a kangaroo. I forget what he refers to the kangaroo as, but he's like, you know, the people with the little versions of themselves in their pockets. And he's like doing an impression of a kangaroo. And that's when we get to the first time we see Bob Fossil. He he has called Howard to his office and he is dancing to and that is why I don't like cricket. He's dancing to the song I Don't Like Cricket by 10CC. And he's just like dancing. I don't like cricket. And when they say I don't like cricket, that first line, he shuts it, He shuts off the boombox and goes, and that's why I don't like cricket. And it's like, that's not a reason? Like, I, especially that. because the next line in the song is, I love it. I don't like cricket. I love it. Well, that's why he wanted to stop the song before it proved him wrong. And also, that's why he can't go for that. They did a similar joke with the, I, I forget who sings that one. Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates. Yeah, I can't go for that. I can't but he was on the phone. And that is why I can't go for that. He also has convinced his mother that he's, he's being held God. in a Vietnamese <laughs> POW camp. <laughs> Like, I don't know why. I don't know what the reason is. But he's like, if, you know, Vince needed something from him. And he's like, oh, yeah, he wanted him to get a, to uh, to book them at his, because uh, he's also a, a, a club promoter. And he wanted the gig. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to call Mama Fossil and let her know that you're not really trapped in a, in a Vietnamese POW camp. Like, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. Uh, but Rich Vulture plays this character, like, to perfection. And, you know, speaking of Rich Vulture, you know, he plays a lot of different characters throughout, uh, you know, Tommy, um, uh, Jupiter. Um, I got a song, Ed Jupiter, you ain't got one. He plays um, a couple of different bartenders. He plays the boxing, the 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 boxing promoter there. He is uh, the woman, Lester Corncake. Uh, also, uh, the woman that uh, that uh, Howard whores himself out to. That's uh, that's Rich Vulture. Yeah, he's Rich is Rich Vulture is just so good, and Bob Fossil is one of the greatest TV characters of all time. Nicey, nicey, zoo, zoo for him and her and me and you. Yeah, that's the song for the zoo, which he just obviously made up. I guarantee there's just so much improv that goes on on all I of these shows. I want to see. So we have, you know, the entire series on DVD. DVD. But it's also I on want, Hulu if you don't have that. Right. But I want, like, a collector's edition like Blu-ray set with, with commentary. Con not only commentary, but I want to see all of the stuff that was left on the cutting room oh, floor. All the outtakes. Because I swear to God, there's probably gold, gold. I mean, like, and that they cut. This this show has a lot of that like dry British humor that you would come to expect from stuff like this. Like 
when they're transporting the bear, like Vince is like, oh, I'll give him a magazine to read. He's like, what are you doing? That's a Russian bear. Give him some Chekhov. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's it's so good. And again, Bob Fossil, we see him. He's a the club promoter. Uh, he always he also has a uh, a, a little tape recorder because he's always getting the names of the animals wrong. So he will say the name into the recorder, and then instead of remembering it, he'll just play the tape recorder. But one of the things I love about this character is regardless of the job that he is performing, he is always wearing the same outfit that he wore as the uh, head of the zoo. Yeah, the... uh, the ill fitting blue shirt and blue pants. Yes. Yeah, it's it's almost like a uh not quite a jumpsuit, but like he's definitely like it's definitely a uniform of some kind, like where it's got a pocket and like he's trying to patent the pocket cup. The episode the same episode with the uh the, the when we find out that his mother thinks he's in a POW camp he uh he was trying to explain something to to Vince about like why he couldn't let him into the club. He's like, "I don't have a coffee shop anymore. I have a knife fighting academy now. Get out of here. I'll cut you." Like it's so weird and he's like using different numbers, like cut out cardboard cutouts of number. It's it's bizarre. You have to see it. If you have Hulu, do yourself a favor and watch this entire series. Who's next? So Obviously, we have to talk about Dixon Bainbridge next. Oh, yes. So Dixon Bainbridge is the owner of the zoo who Bob Fossil is like absolutely madly in love with and does all of the shenanigans. He may try to kiss me on the mouth. Yeah, all of these shenanigans to try to impress. And he has played, you might know him as Jackie Daytona, normal human bartender. He is played by Matt fucking Berry. Right, but not in the first episode, though. Yeah. Uh, well, in the in the pilot episode. So apparently he was played by Richard Arwardi in the pilot episode. Because in the first episode, the killer room, right. there is a picture of him off in the corner. Yeah, so, so I corrected myself. Yes. The pilot episode. Yeah, like when so they, they were changed pitching some things. It. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes. Matt Berry, normal human bartender. <laughs> Jackie Dato. Yeah, so if you've seen... Because we have talked about what we do in the shadows, the TV show. We're just coming back. Uh, if you've seen Soon. that, he plays Laszlo. Uh, he also uh, plays uh, multiple characters on, uh, you know, all kinds of different British TV shows, as well as, uh, you know, he does a voice for um, Disenchantment as well. So the thing about Dixon Bainbridge is he's kind of uh, he's kind of a mystery. He just kind of comes and goes as he pleases. Uh, obviously, when he's at the zoo, everyone's trying to impress him and you know a keep their jobs, but you know uh, trying to get more money and more responsibility. He's and also all a world class adventurer. But come to find out. He actually is using the zoo as a cover to perform all of these weird genetic mutation experiments Mm -hmm. on these animals. And they realize that some of the uh, zoo workers have gone missing. 
And come to find out that is because he has been not only stealing some of the animals to perform these genetic experiments on, but he's taking the workers that work for him and performing experiments on them and trying to create these human-animal hybrids. Yes, and those hybrids are, of course, played by Rich Vulture and voiced by... uh, Noel Fielding and, and Julian Barrett. Noel Fielding doesn't get enough credit as a voice actor in this series. Uh, he does a lot of different voices um, for random characters, but then, like, you see him acting and, like, doing crazy stuff, like when he does his impression of a turtle or he's talking to a cobra. It's like, oh, that's who does that voice because he uses the same voice for a lot of different characters, Mm -hmm. but he has several different voices that he uses. And sometimes it's very difficult to know who he is playing. Like, because he's got his, like, you know, normal Vince voice, but then he has his, like, you know, he's the voice of the funk. You know, he's the voice of... Uh, well, we'll get into some of these other characters because we're still on Dixon Bainbridge. But Dixon Bainbridge, because he's played by Matt Berry, but don't worry, you know, we we did Mr. Ayoarde, I'm, I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Uh, he'll be brought up in a little while. But one of the fun things about this is this series was produced by Steve Coogan. Uh, he came on as a, as a producer. I... I'm not sure if it was the first season or second, and he ac- actually ended up starring in a movie with Julian Barrett called Mindhorn, which is on Netflix and is fucking amazing. And speaking of not Mindhorn, sp- Mindhorn, um, and then going back to the doppelgangers, the person who played, the actor who played Harold Boone, Howard Moon's doppelganger, played opposite of Julian Barrett in Mindhorn. Yes, and uh, we also had a couple of... um, uh, Simon Farnaby, that's his name, who played multiple characters on... uh, He was also the head of... Vince thought he was the head of Pie Face Records because his face was a pie. But uh, yeah, Simon Farnaby, as well as Essie Davis, who folks might know from The Babadook and Game of Thrones... So back to Dixon Bainbridge. What else we got on him? Uh, not much. Yeah, he's a he's a. He's world- just kind of in and out. He's more or less there uh, as uh, someone for Bob Fossil to play off of. And again, you know, he he's does not, have two episodes where he's like the main focus you know but he's not super visible again because he's doing all of his secret genetic mutation experiments on like when animals. he's running a- a- away from all the uh all the rhinos mm-hmm. like that's one of the best like running gags like you always see these guys running from something and like it's obvious that they're like just running in place with the background moving behind them but it's done in such a way that you don't care so we're going to move on and we're going to talk briefly about Mrs. Gideon because she was a huge plot point in the first season. And she was only in the first season. She works in the zoo. She is uh, the, the the python or python uh, handler. Yeah, she's the, wrangler. Head, she's the reptile house lady. Uh, and Howard has the biggest 
biggest crush on her. He is always trying to do things to impress her. And the funny thing is, she doesn't remember him. Also, she she's married. It's Mrs. Gideon. Forget. Well, I mean, she could be divorced and go by Mrs. Uh. I mean, we that's neither here nor there. Um, it's because of her they do the their very first crimp. Captain yes. Cabinets. Captain Cabinets, trapped in cabinets. Can he get out? Will he get out? Of course he will. Captain Cabinets. Yeah, she's not trapped in a cabinet. She's over there. <laughs> uh, but he's constantly trying to impress her. And, like, the funny thing is, you know, all of the interactions that they do have, she never remembers him. She remembers Vince, though, and gets a little uh, schoolgirl, like, blushy towards him. I mean, that's that just tends to be how people react to the two of them. Everybody loves Vince, but everyone either despises or doesn't remember Howard. Because Vince wears a poncho. You can't. It's impossible to be sad in a poncho. It's impossible to be you sad found that in a poncho. Out. <laughs> you learn so many things. So yeah, Mrs. Gideon is, is, you know, she drives a couple of episodes, but she was she wasn't she's, really bringing like much say, to she's the... She's pretty much there uh, to be Howard's potential... Love Not interest. Not really. Love interest. And we see, you know, like they bring in, you know, multiple, you know, um, girls. Usually it's like the same two girls over and over again. Goth girls. The goth girls who are also the electro girls, you know. Um, and then we we do get to see. Goth juice. Uh, made from the tears of Robert Smith. We get to see uh, Diva Muffin. In the, in the you just like saying house. her name. Yeah, yeah, Diva Muffin Zappa. Zappa. Thank you, Frank Zappa, for naming your children. This just is thank my you. kid Moon, and this is Dweezel. I don't know, Diva Muffin. <laughs> Diva Muffin. Whatever, man. Oh God, I'm changing my name. <laughs> Dweezel Muffin. Dweezel Muffin. All right, what do you? Who do you got next? Dweezel Muffin. A uh, Tommy Nuka. So. Tommy is a character who is mentioned on and off throughout the first season. Um, it's the person that Howard looks up to the most. He respects the most. He wants to be like Tommy. Tommy was so great. Tommy's been missing. Tommy was the original owner of the zoo. But Dixon Brain Bainbridge came in because he was of his disappearance. The zoo shifted to Dixon Bainbridge. And so the whole uh, mystery happening is, where is Tommy? Where did Tommy go? Howard even tries to sing a song about it. Mm -hmm. Tommy, where'd you go, Tommy? <laughs> uh, that, was, that was a pretty good Howard. That wasn't a bad Howard. That wasn't Tommy. Bad. Uh, and we finally meet Tommy in this one episode. Uh, Howard. Uh, I am a rocker. You are a mod. We are enemies. <laughs> Howard finds out that Dixon Bainbridge is thinking of selling the zoo. He wants to sell the zoo. But, but does he really want to sell the zoo? Obviously, if he can't, uh, if, if Tommy is still alive, then he can't sell the zoo because the zoo is not rightfully his to sell. So he goes on this quest to find Tommy. And there is rumors that Tommy is in this uh, kind of like locked up forbidden area the of the room. zoo. The, yeah, the jungle room. And like nobody's been in there and there are wolves in the jungle room and it's super dangerous. And he goes in and he finds Tommy. And Tommy is a little odd. Tommy's <laughs> head is mostly replaced by cheese, which 
he sings a song about how cheese is his favorite meat. He milks it from his teat. So he makes his own cheese, which he then eats, which is a very successful recycling program. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also very short. And, of course, he's played by Bob Fossil, I mean, uh, Rich Vulture. So he's got that same voice and that same type of delivery, and it's just glorious. Um, but he <laughs> he is uh, he's known for questioning things. And they, uh, again, use another of their um, signature. Every time somebody's getting hurt, they'll be like, oh, ah, a little to the left, you know, like, and they start that because they uh, have to use a cheese grater and shred Tommy down into shredded cheese to feed to Dixon Bainbridge because it makes him, uh, what do they call it, Tommy Zola? Yes. Uh, they uh, They feed him this cheese. And Tommy's spirit gets into him, and he's like, "Yes, of course, I want to sell the zoo, but do I really want to sell the zoo?" Like, because that's how every question, every conversation goes. It's like, "Oh, are, you're listening, but are you really listening?" Because that's Tommy's personality. That's how he acts. And uh, Dixon Bainbridge starts doing that after eating the Tommy Zola, and the deal ends up getting uh, thrown out because he's so caught up with questioning everything around him that he's unable to sign the paperwork and shout out to the mod wolves in that episode yes uh, that was a fun little bit um vince um vince declares himself king of the mods i mean vince does go through several uh style changes throughout yes. the the series but in the in the well, first season he's he's king of the mods we also learned that Vince subscribes to the magazine Cheekbone. It's so cutting Cheekbone. edge. So cutting edge. Goes out of date every 20 minutes. You can't buy it in shops. It gets delivered by ninjas. So, and we, we get to see that a couple of times, too. Cheekbone. Guy, guy, guy they're, they're driving down the street, and a ninja knocks on their on their door, like, Cheekbone, and hands them the, hands them the magazine. Vince is like, I knew it. The Jacobean Ruff's back in. <laughs> Who's next? So <laughs> next on our list is somebody that we, we actually meet this character in that very episode. It's Rudy. Yes, Rudy uh, does come back to be uh, more prominent. And <sighs> I go by many names. Chatoon, bringer of corn. Mickey Nine, the dreamweaver. Photoshop. Trenu, the boiler. Marjorie Keek. Mystery Man, the Shadow Dweller, Diviner of Mysteries, Rudy the Prudy, Miraculous Mark, Domino the Bounty Hunter, Clive, Peppercorn. The only... (laughs) Here's the issue with only having a handful of people on your show is sometimes if you need to portray another race... You have to do blackface. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Choices were made, and those choices would probably not be made today. Well, this is almost 20 years old. This is almost 20 years old? Well, I mean, let me me look at Mighty Boosh. No, you're right. You're you're right. This came out, uh, like, it started as a comedy troupe back, I want to say. Mighty Boosh, 2003 to 2007. So, yeah. 
It's so things have changed. You know, we now realize that certain things should not be done. So you know, there's there's you, sometimes you watch. But things this was also and, made in England. Well, I mean, also you know, just think about like when we watch Trading Spaces. Trading, trading places. places. Not trading spaces. Trading, trading places. places, yes. And Dan Aykroyd is in blackface. It's me, Lionel Joseph. Uh, which is a great part, but... But at the same time, they have Eddie Murphy right there, so it's like, meh. Yeah, no, I'm not, not going to justify it. I'm, I'm just gonna, saying I'm that's their justification. Opinions. I'm just saying, like... I'm it, not saying it's okay. Is it funny? Absolutely. Is it okay? No, no. But anyways, yeah. So, so Rudy is Julian Barrett in blackface, and uh, you know he's he's trying to be like a. He's a musician. He has a door and of enlightenment in his forehead. Kind of like a Jimi Hendrix, a like you know. He's uh, definitely a Hendrix ripoff. Yes. Uh, the huge afro, and in the the first time we see him, he's kind of like, uh, just like it's his head in his hands, and he's kind of like in like this moving set like this moving uh piece of scenery because he's got like really tiny arms and legs and so they just kind of like have him almost like he's uh like if a ventriloquist dummy lost its head and like you just kind of popped some a real person's head on there uh but then we get to see him in season two with the priest and the beast with he and spider dijon because vince and Howard are looking for a new sound, and you know Howard's explaining how he's like, oh yeah, I ran it through this coconut, and then, you know, uh, you know, double reverb through a crab and into this shoe for that oaky timber, and like they're trying to find a new sound, and you know Naboo imparts upon them this the tale of Spider and Rudy, and how they were searching for the new new sound, and that episode had Roger fucking Daltrey in it. Yeah, briefly at the end. Something doesn't up. do the hoovering. <laughs> yeah, he was vacuuming or hoovering, as they say. I'm going to start calling it that. Well, I mean, we do have a hoover. So, I mean, that's that's the, it's like my grandmother calls every like every kitchen appliance a Frigidaire. It's like, well, this is GE. Oh, yeah, just, you know, there's milk in the Frigidaire. It's like it's just a refrigerator. My my grandparents were very fancy and had nice things. Is that why they call it a fridge? A refrigerator. Or short for frigidaire? No, only if you're fancy. And oh my god, I get it. Frigid air. Yes. <gasps> yes. I get it. Yeah, but uh, I mean, like she's like, oh, I have my frigid air, and it's like, oh, I have a cool wet sack that I keep in the dark. <laughs> I wrap it in cheesecloth. I wrap it in cheese. <laughs> but yeah, so he's uh, he's featured in a couple of episodes. So um, typically he is the, like the little puppet version. So it's just Julian Barrett's face and like the, the little puppet with the background. But in that one episode, it's him like as an actual person. Um yeah, full. And he's usually, uh, when he's involved, it's something like he's providing guidance, some sort of like enlightenment. Um, he, yeah, he has, uh, he teams up with Spider, who is 
uh, uncouth and very rough around the edges and doesn't understand the finer points. Although, Rudy, uh, I actually posted this on Facebook the other day. Is it so wrong for a man to love his guitar? It is if you put your balls inside and strum yourself to ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) So, he has uh... an unnatural... Uh, an unnatural attraction to his guitar. Well, because he doesn't have that type of attraction to anything else. He's kind of gotten to the point where he views uh, certain things as unnecessary, as distractions. Yeah, he... uh... And he has achieved enlightenment because he has the door of Kukundu on his head. Yes, and you know, that's why he tells... uh, he tells uh, Spider, Spider Dijon, who is Spider. His name is Spider because he has eight of something, and uh, we see him use it as he's urinating. And that's another recurring joke where someone urinates with such force as they lift off on, up, up off the ground. Uh, but Spider does it because he has, uh, in his words, eight cocks. So, so next on my list is the Hitcher. The Hitcher is another guy who. Speaking of urinating with such force that you lift off the ground, that's where we originally see him. He's a hitcher. He's going to put you in the pitcher. So he is portrayed by Noel Fielding, and we are introduced to him in the first season, Mm -hmm. but he gets a more prominent episode later on. Uh, Season three, yeah. Yeah, So he is an old cockney man with long gray hair, a green uh, green skin, a large polo mint over his left eye, a top hat, and black and red clothing. And a large oversized thumb. Yes. He is evil, threatening to kill Howard and Vince whenever he meets them. And apparently he kills the whole cast in the stage show. Yeah. So fun fact, Mighty Boosh was actually a stage show. Before it became a television series. And there was a a, a revival, and some people were jerks about it because they were talking about old Greg and how he and and Howard could coexist and, and express their love for one another. But we'll get to that when we get to when we get to old Greg. So his real name, the Hitcher, is Babu Yagu. Yes. But he's almost (laughs) always referred to as the Hitcher. He is also a proponent of jazz fusion and is especially proficient at playing slap bass. He also plays the piano because the Hitcher actually has, I wouldn't say it's my favorite song of the series, but it is a really good song of the The series. The Eels song? The Eels song is good. Not the first version, the second version is much better. Yes. So he states that as a child, his parents were ashamed of his small thumb. And he went through some serious, uh, some serious trauma in order to make his thumb bigger. Yes. Uh, He had a hornet repeatedly sting him. It was a special magical hornet. And he's like, oh, if there's any, ever anything I can do for you, let me know. And the hornet said, like, 400 euros. And in response, he crushed him with the giant thumb that he had created. Is that what you have on your... 
Yes, it is. Might be a. Uh, what else you got on the Hitcher? Because that's. I don't so, have anything well, about the stage show. Um, so, uh, let me see here. Yeah, he's in the 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 episode where they're supposed to be bringing the bear, and they end up getting lost because so, Vince is following a specific road on the map, but it's a raspberry bootlace or like a Twizzler pull and peel type thing. So in the mighty Book of Boosh, it is stated that the Hitcher trained a man called Ian in the ways of a cockney. Ian later goes on to become Jack the Ripper, and the Hitcher murders him as punishment for slashing women. Ooh, that I didn't know. Yeah. I, th- I thought he mentioned something like that, like he knew Jack the Ripper or something. I don't remember, because uh, he's like, a lot of these characters are like immortal eldritch beings. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of so supernatural of them, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like in the Yeti episode, like the Yeti are yeah, every weird supernatural. They're afraid of malt loaf. Yes, yes. Um, let's see here. So next, uh, kind of rounding out the last of the first season, is the Spirit of Jazz, also known as Howlin' Jimmy Jefferson. Yeah. So Howard, Howard is a jazz man. He loves jazz, and he plays jazz. And sometimes calls on the spirit of jazz to aid him in his playing. But the spirit of jazz, when he plays, gets all up inside you. Gonna weigh you like a glove. So, spirit of jazz, also played by Noel Fielding. Um, Which is a a great voice that he does, because it doesn't sound like... he, He does the Cockney voice for the Hitcher, but this voice, like, it's like real low, and it's like jazzy, and like, you know... This is how it talks, which is totally not how Noel Fielding normally sounds. What do you got? So, in the Series 1 episode, Electro, this is the first appearance of Howlin' Jimmy Jefferson. His ghost is featured in this episode and referred to as the Spirit of Jazz. In this form, he looks the same as he did when he was alive, but now has a number of supernatural powers and uses them to possess people such as Howard. Howard ignorantly made a deal with him years ago, which the spirit claimed would make Howard one of the greatest jazz musicians of all time, at least in Yorkshire. Yes. And uh, one of the coolest things about him is that his hat's on fire. But but he apparently that's that, not that, one that's of his powers. Why didn't you tell, tell me my hat was on fire? I'm over here looking like an asshole. <laughs> So when he was alive, he had black and white skin, red eyes, and wore a white suit and top hat. When he discovered he was dying of, quote, a strange swamp fever, he decided to make one final record called Voodoo Scat and mixed it with a drop of his own blood. Howard later obtained the Voodoo Scat record, and uh, Vince eats a piece of it to impress his punk friends yes 
which causes one of Howlin' Jimmy's blood cells, referred to as the jazz cell, to try and take over Vince's body. Howard, along with Lester Corncake, uh, shrink down and enter Vince's body in an attempt to defeat the jazz cell but end up bringing it out of Vince's body with them and making it much larger. It is eventually defeated by an infected safety pin previously used by Sid Vicious and walks away complaining, falling over just outside of the door of the Naboutique. Yes. And he he says that he's Howard's father then he's like no not your father i'm your uncle and he keeps going on and on about why and then you know trying not to get killed by howard and has to come up with a very convoluted backstory about how they're related and uh yeah it's it's definitely one you need to see what next we're going to talk about the moon yes everybody see the moon the moon is bright uh, and milky, milky white, white. Shining down upon the ground. Uh, yeah, and you can you can drop anything it's on the moon. Bright, Beach ball, magnet, a peg. Shining doesn't matter. Down upon the ground. The uh, everybody look at the moon. Everybody see the moon. The moon is bright. It's milky white. Everybody look at the moon. Hey, hey Jupiter! I did a song. You, you ain't, ain't got, got one. one. Oh, I feel sick. <laughs> Um, so it's Noel Fielding in what looks like Cool Whip all over his face. <laughs> Imagine the scene of, of from Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire. Doubtfire. Yes, <laughs> he shoves the face in a pie. Hello, like that's what it looks like. Yeah, and it's it's really well done. And even in the doppelganger episode, there's a doppelganger moon, uh, which gets eaten by Jupiter, uh, played by Rich Fulcher. Um, yeah, the moon, sometimes they look to the moon for advice and it's generally not, it doesn't help them. Uh, it's not, it's not useful. And they refer to him as a, a very, uh, a term that we don't use anymore. An alabaster. Yes. We'll say stupid person. Alabaster developmentally disabled person. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, and that was in one of the, uh, that was the Nanageddon episode. That's what Tony Harrison calls him. Yeah. He's like, ask the moon. Great idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, the moon plays a prominent role in multiple episodes. Um, the Yeti episode, you know, Nanageddon, uh, obviously the old Greg episode, um, it's a fun little character, and again, it's just one of those things that. Why not? It's just it. He doesn't really contribute anything to the plot. It's just like, you know, and now for something completely different, you know, like you know that type of like Monty Python type of just switch up from like the main story for like thirty seconds and then just go right back to it. So. Speaking of Tony Harrison and the board of shaman uh, that Naboo is a part of, they are introduced in the second season as well. I believe it is the Nanageddon episode. It's either Nanageddon or the Call of the Yeti. 
Oh, they might be introduced in that episode. Like but they talk about it a little bit. Prominent yeah. in the uh, Nanageddon episode. Because in the in the uh, Call of the Yeti episode, that's when he's shopping at Shaman's Berries. Yes. Uh, yes. And he learns about upgrading your familiar, and he wonders why he didn't upgrade Balo. So Dennis is the first member of the uh, board of shaman. Julian Barrett, and he he is portrayed by Julian Barrett, and yeah, he was originally created for the Nanageddon episode, and later appeared in three episodes in the third season. So he is the head of the board of shaman. He is married to an extreme sports calendar model who tried to seduce Vince in the ep- uh, the the party episode in season yes. three. He kills people with his sword. He originally trained Naboo in the ways of the shaman. He beheaded Lester Corncake at Howard Moon's birthday party. He is skilled with a sword and defeats three attackers in the party episode. So that's yes. A fun fact for Ah, him. sword play. And one of them is, uh, yeah, because Re- Vince comes out as like this cockney street thug and he wants his hat and give it to Ricky. He's like, yeah, Ricky, all, all hats suit Ricky. And he's like, oh, this, this hat would not suit Ricky. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but that's the thing about Ricky, all hats suit him. And it's just like, he kills them all. <laughs> so the second shaman we're going to talk about is Sabu. Sabu is portrayed by Richard Awardi. I uh, also originally created for the Nanageddon episode and later appears in three episode eels, the strange tale of the crack Fox mm-hmm. and the party episode. Yeah. Cause he gets killed in Nanageddon. He gets wrapped up in the crocheting and then gets needles thrown into him. Yes, yes, but he survives. Yeah, he's a shaman. Uh, His mind's like a fortress. And he's also a DJ. Yes. He dislikes Tony Harrison, which we'll talk about who Tony Harrison is exactly. Uh, And he has attempted to kill uh, Tony Harrison and Naboo. Yes, he wants to be like second in command. Who's, yeah, whose propensity for getting in trouble with the Board of Shame and often results in Sabu attempting to make an example of him. During his first appearance, he frequently referred to The Crunch, criticizing the other characters for their lack of familiarity with it. You know uh, nothing of The Crunch. So, The Crunch is a... It's kind it's of a, like a. It's like the. Um, it's this end of world conspiracy. Like the end of the world, like the world will end in a crunch. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing, and he's always talking about it, and like. You know nothing of the crunch. And you are going to meet the crunch a little bit before me, my friend. Yeah, it's it's like a. And then he throws Tony Harrison off the. It has something carpet. to do with like. Um, like like high pressure and like the world kind of folding in on itself like a black hole singularity type thing like you know kind of like crunching all to get yeah it's it's a thing uh but anyways you know nothing of the crunch um and speaking of tony harrison we're gonna talk about tony harrison this is an outrage so tony harrison also portrayed by Noel Fielding is this weird little thing. It almost looks like a like an octopus. It's like a head with eight arms. So kind of like an octopus. Yeah. And he's pink. Except like he has like a regular human face. He's a regular human head 
with several little tentacles yeah, so that a, end in claws. Is a disembodied pink head with eight or so tentacle-like appendages sprouting from his neck and a coarse nasal East London brogue. He is a shaman, a member of the Board of Shaman. He is barely mobile within the show, but is frequently outraged at suggestions that this is the case. Yes. He is married and makes frequent references to Mrs. Harrison, who as yet has not been seen on the show. I say as yet because there is talks of bringing something back. That would be amazing. Um, so uh, the end of 2020, Noel Fielding made a post about the past decade saying that there was not a lot of boosh in the past decade and he plans to change that. I mean, then obviously the pandemic happened, so I don't exactly know. But I do know that, you know, they're all still friends are also and there's like there was like a big falling out or nobody ever wants to see anybody ever again um you know you just kind of i mean they each went on to do different right right you just kind of go off in your own creative direction you you go on to other things so i'm really hoping it would be awesome really hoping that something happens like either uh actually what i would love is another stage show yes tour the u.s you know tour the u.s i want to see you i want to do a meet and greet let me join your group of people yeah that would be pretty awesome do the thing um so uh yeah, and let's just kind of so, and then there's Kirk because I really want to get to this next character. Yes, Kirk is uh, played um, by not, like not a Kirk. young kid. So Kirk is actually played by Noel Fielding's nephew, and I don't. It says nephew in quotes, so apparently it's like his girlfriend at the time's nephew, but he referred to him as his nephew. Yeah, uh, but he's a child. Yeah, he's and like seven or eight. The funny thing, you know, like the the the, the joke is that he says things that a child really shouldn't. Say. Well, no, they say it about him. They're yes. like, "Oh, is it? Isn't it true that you're, you know, you know, lust for death and you know mayhem, you know, far exceeds your, you know, your your appearance?" And he's just like, "Yes." Yes. <laughs> just so funny. Um, so that kind of rounds out the board of shaman. That rounds out some of the uh, recurring, recurring characters, characters. We get to see a lot of. Um, there are know. several more. We're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to try to go through this really quick because I just, I really want to talk about this one character. So shout out to Charlie. Yep. Charlie's made cleaner, of bubble gum. Uh, from the first season, not a recurring character, but Milky a fantastic Joe. episode. I was going to say, yep. Milky Joe. That episode is great. Vince and Howard are taking a boat because Howard does not want to fly to America. They get shipwrecked. They're on this island and they create these coconut people to be their companions. And it gets weird because, of course, it gets weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, The Crack Fox episode, which, again, is just absolutely bonkers. This fox that gets addicted to this shaman drug. And it can only be activated in the moonlight. Yeah, and just goes crazy, and they have to defeat him. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other people, but the one character I really want to talk about, we're going to talk about him right now, is Old Greg. Old Greg is really what a lot of people uh, know this show for. Well, because a lot of people don't even realize that this is from a show. They've seen the old Greg part of the episode uh, on YouTube. 
Yeah, or they've seen, you know, memes or they've seen the uh mangina part. Uh so go go ahead. What what do you got? What do you got on your uh, on your list? So old Greg is a scaly man fish. Yes. He's got a downstairs mix up. He lives on Black Lake. Now there's a lot of legends about old Greg. Some say he's acquired the taste of human meat. The only way to hook him is with a child's toe. Uh some say he's a ghost. Can't catch what don't exist. Hook goes right through him. And uh, some say old Greg is like a big fish finger, <laughs> but big like a garage. Uh, so old Greg is Noel Fielding yet again in this fantastic, I swear, one of these days, one of, one of these Halloweens, we're going to do that. I can be old Greg. Yeah, no, I want to be old Greg. We can both be old Greg. Oh my God, we can both be old Greg. You can be old Greg and I'll be the funk. Oh, yes. A funky ball of yes. tits. Funky ball of tits from outer space. <laughs> Howard. <laughs> Used it to make himself a funk shake. Found it could see around corners and felt fizzy inside. So, old Greg, he's just lonely. He just wants a friend. And he kind of lures fishermen into his, you know. Like uh, Curly Jefferson. Death trap. Uh, Greg's I, I, place. I it's Greg's place. <laughs> That's what he. Where am I? Greg's place. <laughs> we have a drunk Bailey's from a shoe. This is. I do watercolors. I made this. This, this is, is good. Bailey's. I made this again. This is Bailey's. And this here is close as you can get to Bailey's without mm. catching your eyes wet. Creamy. Creamy beige. <laughs> but he really just wants someone to love him. You must love me exactly as I love you. And this bit uh, has one of my favorite songs. Love Games. Love Games. Which I believe we played at our wedding. I, I th yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. During during dinner. Yes. We we put, we had a very interesting mix of songs for our, oh, yeah. our dinner. But, but anyways. Well, it was breakfast for dinner. Breakfast for dinner. Do you love me? Are you playing your love games with me? The whole thing is they're out on Black Lake, and Vince catches all kinds of fish, and so they send he sends Vince back, and Howard catches old Greg, and you know, like he old Greg is interrogating. He was like, "What you doing on my water?" He's like, "Just take it in the air, you know, not fishing." And he's like. How come this hook's in my head, fool? That's got nothing to do with me, sir. It's attached to your rod, mother liquor. <laughs> I like you. Want to come to a club where people wee on each other? He's like, what? <laughs> I like you. What, what do you do think, think about me? I don't rightly know, sir. Make, Make an, an assessment. assessment. <laughs> I think you're a nice modern gentleman. Don't lie to me, boy. Here comes old Greg. He's a scaly manfish. You don't know me. You don't know what I got. You see that? That's old Greg's vagina. I got a mangina. I'm old Greg. <laughs> but And as he's saying that, he lifts up his tutu, and this bright light comes out, blinding Howard and sending him into a state of unconsciousness. And he wakes up in Greg's place, and he's, like, just giving him random things. And... I got this. This like, is good. It, it looks like a uh, 
like a buoy or a sea mine. He's just trying to impress him. And he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, I don't love you, Greg. Why don't you deal with that? He goes, maybe I will. Maybe I'll deal with it the way I dealt with Carla Jefferson. And he shows Carly Jefferson mounted the way, like, you know, some trophy hunters will mount a fish on a wall. He's like, you know, Greg, perhaps I was a bit hasty. And, of course, you know, they find out that old Greg has abducted Howard. Like, oh, this is the work of old Greg. How can you tell? He left his business card. Like, so Vince calls Naboo for help. And I mean, Naboo just happens to have a submarine. Well, it's up in the attic. He has Balo get it. It's next to the Christmas tree. And he's like, how it might have been abducted by a sea monster. So he helps him out because he is a shaman. And uh, when they do the uh, the live show, they have the return of old Greg, and he and he he gets Howard. And it turns out that they are a match made in heaven because while old Greg has a mangina, Howard has a sheenus. And you can find these clips on YouTube uh, of the stage show. Uh, it's it's brilliant. I love it. It's it's amazing. Um, Old Greg is the first episode I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the one I've watched the most, along with the Yeti. Actually, I think my first episode that I watched, because once upon a time, they used to air these episodes on uh, Adult, Adult Swim. Swim. Like late, I'm, I'm talking like late at night, like when you fall asleep and you wake up and the TV's still on, like that late. And that's where I, I, I just, I was hooked. I was hooked. Yeah. Just like Howard was. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it's such a great show and each episode is kind of individually uh, contained. Like there, there is kind of like a little bit of an ongoing story. Yeah, there's a there's a continuity, uh, and there are some but again for the recurring most part, characters. You know, each episode has its own. It's it's self-contained. It starts and finishes. There really isn't anything that goes. It's serialized. Into- it's it's like you know the Simpsons, or you know everything's wrapped up by the end of the episode, and they go on to the next wacky adventure. But there is a continuity. Like you know, the town is the same, and I like the fact that they switch up the locations. Like the first season is in the Zooniverse. You know, while they're at the zoo, Howard and, and, and Vince are working as zookeepers. And, you know, the second season is all about them exploring their music career and trying to, you know, get out on their own. And, and you know, you know the, the opening of the old Greg episode starts with them having just, coming, having just come from a show where everyone hated them. And... You know, people are throwing bricks through the window with their flyers on it. So, like, they have to escape. Um, you know, and that takes place in, like, they each rent a room in Naboo's flat. And then from there, it goes to the Naboo-teque, which has, like, all these different things. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun because each situation, each location gives them this whole host of... Uh, different uh different things that can happen to them um i do find season three to be the weakest season two is the season two is the best uh there's the yeti episode it has the uh old greg episode um nanageddon 
is in that episode. Like it's it's phenomenal. Obsidian Blackbird McKnight. That's uh, Vince's goth name. Howard Howard Moon, Dark Side of the Moon. That's Howard Moon's goth name. Um, but yeah, if you have not seen this, we both 100% recommend it. All three seasons are on Hulu, so you can watch all of them straight through. Uh, it's phenomenal. It's very funny. I think one of the things I love most about this series is that not only is it just kind of like out there humor, it's, it's really funny, but it's uh, visual gags. It's a lot of like s- visual gag comedy that you don't necessarily see anymore. Yeah, like they and it's they don't resort to cheap like, you know, dick jokes and fart jokes. I mean, there's a little bit of that here and there, but it's generally like it serves a purpose. Smarter, highbrow humor. I mean, it's British. Yeah. Yeah, so it's classy, automatic, and they have tea. So that's it's true. They do have tea in a few of the episodes. They do. Tea is involved. Yeah. Pinky up. Including reading tea leaves at one point. Oh, Howard and Howard and Vince are in danger. How can you tell? Well, I read it in the tea leaves, and it literally says, the tea leaves says Howard and Vince, Vince are, are in danger. danger. So, uh, yeah, I can't recommend this enough. Um, I know Ashes is the same way. So... We've rambled on enough about these characters. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to let you know what's coming down the pipeline for uh, for future episodes. So we will be right back. Shark Bites, Shark Bites podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network. Hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey there, this is JB. And if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream. <laughs> Who yours up inside ya? Find it an entrance where they can. Who yours up inside ya? Find it an entrance where they can. Or for your mind, for your tummy, for your anus. Eels. Eels. Elements of the past. 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 El
I really hope you enjoyed that, and if you haven't checked out The Mighty Boosh, please do. It's so good. It's so funny, and you're going to see... They make up songs about soup. Yeah, yeah. The crimp episode, like all their different crimps that they do. The freaking mole, the vole, the hamster. And that concludes the the list of the 100 most dangerous animals in In Wales. Wales. Uh, Yeah, it's... it's, Yeah. Bouncy, Uh, bouncy. Ooh, such a good time. Bouncy, bouncy. Shoes all in a line, bouncy, bouncy. Everybody somersault, somersault, summertime. Everybody sing along. Oh, I just broke my shoe. No, you don't break your shoe. Uh, so that wasn't part of the song. Uh, she actually be. broke her shoe. I really just so broke my shoe. we've got a bunch of stuff coming up. We're going to be doing uh, an episode on the Fear Street films with a couple of guests. Uh, we're putting together a guest list for. Uh, talking about the suicide squad the new suicide squad the we're gonna suicide suicide squad, squad the yeah <laughs> uh we're gonna talk about uh that in you know kind of compare and contrast um we have a ton of other things that we're that we're working on stay tuned for more information the first annual Amalgamania Podcast and Entertainment Awards live stream it's a little over two weeks will from now. be Sunday, August 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Be on the lookout on the social medias for where to stream that. Yes. Uh, and if you submitted... I know the host. Yes. If you submitted... Uh, hopefully you'll be getting uh, emails about being a finalist some of these awards as well so we'll see what happens uh obviously not everybody can be a finalist and not everybody can win but we encourage everybody who participated to continue to participate next year and years after because we want to do this every year conventions are slowly coming back we did not make it to terrificon because life happens, but we will be at Monster Expo. Yes, October 16th and 17th in Fairhaven, Mass. Uh, we'll also be at uh, uh, Happenstance Horror Fest in New Hampshire. Yep, that is uh, Saturday, <coughs> September 18th. Yep. So if you want more information on that, because I don't have it right in front of me right now, just look up Happenstance Horror Fest on Facebook, and it'll bring you to the page. Yep, and you'll get to see all the... Uh, the, the, the films that are going to be shown, and it's a really cool setup. So they're going to have two theaters showing films. They're going to have vendors. It should be a really solid night. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh, we missed it last year because it was on a Thursday. Yeah, and but this know. year being on a Saturday, it's going to be way better. So we're we're pumped about that. But uh, we're going to take this opportunity to debut a new segment because you know, just because we took some time off doesn't mean we weren't working on our craft here. You know, um, so. Ashes, this is your idea. So what's what's the new segment called? So this segment is called 
What you watching? So obviously today we are not dropping a new battle. New battle will happen next week, so stay tuned for that. Also be on the lookout for some new wines and some science facts. But we are dropping a new segment called What You Watching? And it's just a chance for us to chat about what we're watching things that maybe may not necessarily fit the mold of throwdown thursday things that may not necessarily have characters that we can discuss and uh just kind of talk about some stuff that we like and yeah and recommend it's our podcast and we can do that so i've been watching a lot of uh ufo stuff because i'm writing i'm writing a, a, a story that has a lot of like alien based uh, stuff in it. Not sailing. I'm not. I'm not sailing. I'm not saying it was aliens. But it was aliens. But it was aliens. Um, and you know, I'm watching. You know, some. Of, I've been watching some of these shows. It's like, oh, here's these uh, paranormal mysteries, and like they go into the paranormal mysteries. And it's like, look at this weird thing that happened. Like, uh, there was this Egyptian statue in a British museum, and it was turning itself they they showed the uh, security camera uh footage and this thing turned itself around 180 degrees during the day no one touched it and it's like oh my god like is this cursed like what's going on what happened to it then they're like oh well it turns out that the base is uneven and buses drive by so that cause the vibrations to make it turn around. I'm like, well, this is dumb. I don't like that explanation. That's terrible. So I switched over to Ancient Aliens. And, <laughs> like, that's the that's the shit I want to see. It's like, ooh, did ancient civilizations get help from extraterrestrials when it came to building pyramids? Like, that's the type of stuff I want. I don't want, like, oh, yeah, it turns out it was just buses driving by that made this statue turn around on its own. It's like, that's terrible. That's I, I don't want these mundane explanations. Like, tell me that aliens came down and invented the light bulb 4,000 years ago. Like, that's the shit I want to hear. Um, you know, obviously I enjoy, you know, the, the, the alien stuff. Uh, but we just started watching, or I just started watching today, the Showtime special that's produced by J.J. Abrams and executive produced, uh, if you remember our uh, interview with Glenn Zipper and Elaine Mungin uh, for their young adult sci-fi novel, Devastation Class, Glenn is actually an executive producer of the new series uh, UFOs on Showtime. And there's some great stuff in there. I, I think I'm three episodes in, and I think there's only four <laughs> episodes. But I, I'm... About two and a half episodes in. Um, and there's some awesome stuff in there. There's some crystal clear footage. And, like, you can tell that this is a um, a higher-end documentary because there's a lot of uh, footage from, like, the late 40s, early 50s that I've seen in other uh, in other shows. But this it's cleaned up. It's very clear and crisp and smooth. Uh, even just like, you know, some army guys talking about like how UFOs do not present a threat to national security. You know, guys saying that in like 1948, 1952, 1955, you know, shit like that. But they are uh, like the, the, the footage has been cleaned up and it's not like that grainy, staticky 
footage that you would expect to see from something that came out in the 50s. So you can tell that they have a higher budget than, say, like some random Netflix UFO special, uh, which I like. And you get to see a lot more of these like really high-definition pictures of stuff that's come out in the last 10, 15, 20 years, which I think is super cool. So that's what I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of alien stuff because I'm, I want to get into some of the, the mythology of ancient astronaut theory and like stuff that was built and like you know I'm t- I'm trying to incorporate that into this world building that I'm doing for this uh new story. So uh Ashes what you watching? So this actually ties in a little bit with what you've been watching. Uh so speaking of the uh Netflix uh UFO things um I was watching a it's a six episode docu-series uh it says season one i'm kind of hoping it goes for more seasons and actually produced by your friend glenn zipper it is called cat people and it is fantastic if you are looking for something that you don't only have to think about that's just going to make you really happy and you get to see a lot of cats and follow a lot more cats on instagram like i did uh this is the series for you um each episode focuses on a different cat person and these people are just really honest hardcore cat lovers and you know, the episodes focus on not only these people's love of their cats, but love of cats in general and, you know, wanting to rescue cats and create awareness about cats and, you know, how a lot of these cats without homes are brought to kill shelters, how, you know, uh, a feral cat community can be great mm. for your neighborhood, you know, just, uh, you know, how to properly tnr trap neuter and release these cats you know it's really informative but it's really fun and you could see a whole bunch of cute little cats just well, he, bees and cats doing all the cats things he has that other series as well that he produced called dogs. dog people uh actually it's just oh it's just dogs, dogs? Yeah, it's right. just dogs i think it's in the same vein of of cat people yeah it's the same um, thing you know just just focusing understand. on you know just just uh, people's destigmatizing pit bulls their, i'm guessing their pets you know so uh kind of going back to what we said earlier you know if you're not in a great mood if you're looking for something just to kind of uh, make you happy make you feel a little bit better cat people is definitely the show to watch because that's what i did i was just you know i wasn't in a good mood i was laying on the couch i wasn't feeling all that well and i just kind of stumbled across it and i was like hey what is this like it has cats i like cats i'm gonna watch the cats and it was it was great it's a really well done docu-series um the people that they uh interview the people that you know who they follow for the episodes are pretty interesting people um you know obviously you know you can see a bunch of really cute cats too but uh, it's a really good series. Like I said, you know, it's not something that you really have to think too much about, focus on or whatever. Just sit back and uh, watch some cats. Yeah. So that's that's uh, what we're watching. Uh, let us know what you're watching. If what you have you any uh, recommendations, especially if it's something that you guys uh, want to see us cover. Uh, 
I did finish watching uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation, the first five episodes, but we're going to wait until the rest of, of these the come out. All the episodes are, yes. Because, we'll talk about it as a whole. Yeah, we're gonna, and we're going to have some folks on for that as well. Um, also, obviously, I'm watching season six of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, so if you're watching it too, if you have thoughts and opinions, holla at your girl, let me know, because... I also have thoughts and opinions and feelings about things. So, yeah, there's uh, I, I've I've paid a little bit of attention to what's going on while you're watching that, but yeah, there's some interesting stuff. There's a there's a doings a transpiring. Yeah, I just it's, it's yes yes. So, anyways, um, I think with that being said, we, we will. will See you next Thursday. For real this time. We promise. Sugar man light source, why did you come to me? Put me in a coma, woke up in the future. Robot man, can you help me find my way? I can't understand the things you say. Chew, mouse, I love you so. I took you from the underground and brought you home. I put you in my jacket pocket, took you to the meeting. Put you in my jacket pocket, took you to the meeting. Put you in my jacket pocket, put you in my jacket pocket, put you in my jacket, put you in my jacket. John Claw, jacket with your jacket on. John Claw, jacket with his jacket off. Jacket on, jacket off, jacket on, jacket off. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I did a twisty. Ooh, ooh, ooh. A tiny twisty. Crimpity, crimpity. Now, now, crimpity, crimpity. Ask me how. Crimpity, crimpity. You will pay. Crimpity, crimpity. Out my way. Boing, ding, bong, bong, ding. Crimpity, crimpity. Fuck you. Oh, yeah!